my name is Tiana Brown. Welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have Dr. Kelly with me. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. Dr. Keely. 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 Yeah, I have a sister named Kelly, and I always like to make the distinction, but it's a pleasure to be here today, and uh, hopefully your audience will with something that they can use and uh, add to their their life and add to this journey of wholeness and yes, that's happiness and blessings and all that good stuff. That's so beautiful. Thank you. So my first question for you is, where did you attend school and what degrees did you receive? Well, I am a graduate of the University of Incarnate Word with a uh, bachelor's degree in communication arts. Uh, my minor was law. Oh, wow. And I, I went on to pursue a master's and doctorate in Christian counseling from Royal Priesthood Academy. Uh, as a woman of faith, uh, as uh, what I call God's girl, a Jesus chick, I felt it was important to be able to incorporate uh, not only the psychological information that I provide, but also the element of faith. You know, it takes faith to heal. It takes faith to acknowledge that you need healing. It takes faith to go see a therapist. Yes. It takes faith for you to believe that when two or three people say something about you, that it's possibly true. Right, right. That is beautiful. I agree 100%. Um, I feel like finding your passion also aligns with you finding the higher version of yourself. And I feel like that is primarily through faith and um, tapping into your spirituality. So that's so beautiful that you were able to see that and also pursue that in your education. That is such a beautiful mission that you have. Um, And you're just a woman of so many wonders. Like, you are you're capable of so many things in the mental health field can you give me a rundown of some certifications that you have and how do you use those certifications because i see you constantly just pursuing just so many things in the mental health field that i wasn't even aware that existed until you post about it and let the community know so can you um tell me more about that uh i feel that education is so important um and for those of us who have lived in communities of colors, right. it has been our level up, is, is what I call it. Uh, but so that I was able to fully equip the clients and the people that uh, I am honored to serve, it was important for me to have several certifications. So here we go. The first certification that I got was from the National Council on Mental Wellbeing. They are the nation's uh, training facilitator. So through them, I spent countless hours uh, becoming a national mental health uh, certifying uh, entity. My company is called Kickstart Your Life with Dr. Keely where I provide global, and the reason I say global, because my work is not only here in the United States, but it is abroad in some of the island nations, uh, Africa, just all over the place in a healthy way. 
So it's important anybody that's going to be assisting have mental health and trauma issues that they are certified by agents that their work helped. So that was the first one. The second one was from uh, the Crisis Prevention Institute. Okay. Uh, and they, they teach verbal de-escalation. So I became certified as a crisis prevention verbal de-escalation specialist, which means if somebody's in a rage verbally and they're and then what do you do? Do you run off? No, you can be trained to know how to escalate that. And this is not just for work. It works in your relationship with your friends, with your lover, yes. with your spouse. Yes. It works where? Why? Yes. Because all relationships have a uh, the propensity to be verbal de-escalating. Yes. Uh, so that is one. Oh my God, I just got certified. Can I stop uh, you real quick? Because I want to go back to um, the de-escalation certification. Do you do those certifications in schools at all? Because I was just working in a school and I instantly thought of you because I'm like, okay, Dr. Keeley does the certification because kids, you know, they don't, they're not very in touch with their emotional maturity yet. So that means that they have more outbursts, more behavioral issues. So uh -huh. do you do coaching and certifications for schools? Because as a teacher, I'm like, my instinct is just to calm the, the kid down. But having that as a certification is so needed, especially in special education as well, too, um, where kids can't even yeah. actually verbalize how they feel. So they just act out. So um, do you uh -huh. do that? Do that certification in schools? And if not, do you recommend schools to start doing that? Oh my goodness, I recommend schools began to really utilize what we call social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. uh, I am also certified in uh, cognitive behavior therapy. Right. I am certified in mindfulness, dialectic uh, behavior therapies because all of these help people, what I call, provide self awareness for themselves, mm -hmm. right? Because can't change anybody, but I can gain knowledge and tools so that I put myself in a place of safety. So I've taught, I've trained rather the crisis prevention intervention with the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, I am, I've trained family services. Wow. Uh, Antonio, like 40 of their staffers wanted the verbal de-escalation training. I've trained the public allies who are over at West Air, Texas. Uh, and in January, I will be training Crosspoint uh, staff uh, in the verbal de-escalation. Everybody is wanting this. It's like the hot button issue right now. Yes. So my phone and email is constantly ringing yeah. for that <laughs> that's why I'm so happy you're able to be here today. I'm like, I know you're so busy and like everyone wants to talk no, to you. No, 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 Can we change the word busy? I don't like the word busy okay. because busy means you're just looping and looping and looping. Right. I prefer the word productive because yes. I like I'm looping and I promise you things are happening and lives are being changed. Yes. Ooh. I'm, yes. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to start. 
yeah i love that thank you thank you yeah. um so i'm sorry for interrupting do you have any other certifications that you wanted to talk about or your favorite certification or ones that you're working on right now the one I just currently got, and I am super excited about this one because it's going to help the audiences that I work with understand uh, intergenerational and historical trauma. Wow. So I just certified as an epigenetic coach where we look at how trauma has affected and impacted lives on a cellular level. So that is huge. That is uh, big. This, this work was done among Holocaust victims where they looked at families uh, generations after the Holocaust, what condition those family members were oh in. Oh my gosh, that is... Slavery, slavery and what slavery has done to African-Americans, mm -hmm. to black in America over... 400 years of uh, trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma. Watching your children being snatched out of your arms. Mm -hmm. Watching what uh, the crack epidemic did to African American communities and the difference that the opioid epidemic had mm -hmm. on white Appalachians. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things produce uh, traumas down to a cellular level. Uh, and cause the next generation to have to suffer from anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. overeating, undereating, right. self-esteem, aggression, and all those things that we do not want functioning in our lives. We mm -hmm. won't ever be able to escape uh, anger and hostilities, but what we don't want to do is have the health of our life change mm -hmm. because know we have the authority to use our what I call our inner pharmacy right mm -hmm. so that we mandate and we monitor our serotonin our dopamine and all those good juices that are supposed to help us mentally strong epigenetics even looks at eating patterns environmental patterns mm -hmm. you know that there's a water issue going on um uh, in Mississippi, where they have not had clean drinking water, what happens to uh, organization of, I'm sorry, residential areas that were in the redlining districts, right. where their whole community was changed to put up a freeway? What does gentrification do? So this work is my most exciting uh, it because is. it's new. Yes. And I will be doing my first training on epigenetic, the role of epigenetic and intergenerational trauma with the University Hospital Trauma Informed Care. Wow. I am Lunch and Learn speakers, and in January I will presenting. I'll be presenting the role of epigenetic and intergenerational trauma and its effects on human beings. That is so incredibly interesting, and I feel as if. This is also a topic that is relevant in behaviors and mental health 
but no one has been able to pinpoint it and know how to actually teach it to people. So the fact that this yeah. is becoming a certification and that you're going to be able to present this is going to create a whole new wave of how maybe treatments are even in therapy now. Exactly. And yeah. it helps people pinpoint also their identity um, when it comes to therapy. Just learning about uh -huh. their background, learning about why they are the way they are. I mean, that, that, that that's absolutely beautiful. Um, that's something I would be very interested in as well, just to learn more about learn more about my background and what I my ancestors went through and how that even affects me. So um, that is incredibly just that is like top tier education. Yeah, of the that's mind. top shelf. That's top shelf. Mm -hmm. Because who knew that what my grandmother went through emotionally, mm -hmm. how she ate, where she lived, mm -hmm. would impact me three generations later. Yes. It's scientists have discovered uh, and researchers have discovered that it can go as far back as 14 generations. Wow. And this is about what slavery has done uh, and other genocidal uh, issues in our world. Mm -hmm. It has impacted uh, people in a most horrific way. Right. Uh, by the fact that I can, what I call, reverse the curse. I can be the change agent in yes. the family and change that dynamic. Yes. So you often hear in communities of color, well, they were the first to graduate college. And somebody would say, well, why is that huge? Because from an epigenetic perspective, we were told that we are not able to be educated right. because our brains are small, yeah. right? Right. Our brains are smaller than our Caucasian uh family members so mm -hmm. just noodling through that and teaching out what that means and how you can really begin to change your dna you can change the way you think and change the way you can change your environment and it begins to produce a more healthier outcome mm -hmm. on the cellular level that's it huge to it me it is huge we have not heard this right. we have not heard in no. our communities what we have heard, who all the Jones family have big foreheads. All of them have big <laughs> That's how we know that's the Jones family, yeah. right? <laughs> genetic issues, right? So what about genetic issues of alcoholism that right. run through family? Yes. What about substance abuse? What mm -hmm. about being overweight? What about being, you've heard this term, oh, they're welfare queens, they're generational welfare right. queens. Why? Right. Because the mom had a baby young and ended up on the system. Then her daughter had a baby young and ended up on the system. Right. Then her baby baby. And, and so it's that kind of generational thing that the understanding of the genetic generational trauma can truly change but again it, I call it an inside job like utilizing your uh, your inner pharmacy mm -hmm. to change what's flowing what chemicals are flowing through your body mm -hmm. and I feel like this is going to be such a good topic as well just because you hear constantly um, about like the generational curse like this always happens yeah. in my family it's a generational curse right. it's like yes right. um, but there's a reason for that there's actually a psycho uh, psychological reason why there's such thing as the quote generational curse and i feel like you're cracking down on it and actually bringing it to light and making sense of it um 
this is something I would definitely be interested in and my mom as well too I mean there's so many things that run in our family and she'll try to like keep me away from certain things because she's like I don't want you to fall into the patterns of the family and the fact that there's a reason behind this is absolutely detrimental to this learn about and for you to become aware about just so you can see that you have control of the change but you need to learn how it even uh, yeah you need to exactly learn how and then also learn why why is this happening so the fact that you're yeah. teaching everybody about this is it that's beautiful 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 i um, also wanted to say when we're talking to communities of color we are having to break uh, barriers such as things that were told to us like what goes on in this house stays in this house right so the silence, the stigma, and the shame has kept our communities from even thinking about counseling, yeah. going to therapy, yeah. you know, to talk, well, you're crazy. Well, can y'all help me do something about it? And nobody in our communities uh, even knew where to go because you must think when these cycles, when you go all the way back to Darwinism and the theory of evolution and all of that, they weren't including people of color. Mm -hmm. When they created the psychological, the DSM manuals and all of those tools, it was not for people of color. It was not until the late 90s where African-Americans even began to move into the psychology realm, the wow. mental health. Again, all the treatments and all of the discussions did not include people of color. We have to rise up and decide I'm going to be the captain of my own ship in this area. Mm -hmm. Now for those who live by faith and you know you can't the island to yourself well we're told to work out our salvation right? Mm -hmm. We're salvaging our mental health we're salvaging our intergenerational and our historical trauma uh, yes we have to go back and, and take what was, what was stolen from us and sometimes we stay in a pattern of loss and neglect because we won't seek the knowledge. I agree. We perish for the lack of knowledge. You can blame the white man all day long, right. but what did you go do to learn? What did you go do to right. knowledge so that you can talk to your family members about what's happening and why it's happening? Mm -hmm. We have long been silent, siloed in silence yes. in our home have been threatened that if we talk about it to the point of shame which has led us to dysfunction but I'm so glad that hour is changing and I'm turning yes. around it's right I guess that also leads me to ask you what made you want to get into this field of mental health and change and faith? What was the, the wake up call for you to, to see the light of this passion and for you to pursue it and for it just to become a puzzle piece in your life? What was the motivation? What got you to actually commit yourself to this field? Um, hmm. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I am a ACE certified interface instructor. Oh, my God. I just learned about ACEs. It's I took the test and I'm like, wow. <laughs> it brings yeah, so much yeah, light to yeah, you. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Crazy. It's yeah, so I, interesting. I love it. I it, love it. Okay, so here's for me, I grew up in a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that it was called trauma. Yeah. And in our community, you know, we, we're told that beatings, 
and being called names and being sexual assault, you just get over it, right? But it really, my own uh, victimization, my own not wanting to continue to make bad choices, because you can, when your life isn't right emotionally, you will pick the wrong spouse, Mm -hmm. you will pick the wrong job, you will uh, in your life, say things to you that you could never say to them. Right. You will let people do to you what they would never let do to you. Mm-hmm. So my own trauma led me into this work because I figured out nobody's going to heal me. Nobody's going to help me heal. Right. No, the Lord Jesus Christ can set, get me ready, set, go for heaven. But I'm in an earth where I have to deal with first things naturally been spiritual so my own trauma and my own uh wanting to know why 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 did my mother do that why did my dad do why and then am i am i making this stuff happen because sometimes you can be led to feel like you're making this happen you're the problem and i'm not gonna ever say that i'm not or that i have not been the problem but i control what the problem and i do have authority and an ability once I've gained knowledge to not allow people because you teach people how to treat people, right? right? And we've heard what Maya Angelou said and everybody says when people show you who they are, believe them. What is it? What do you believe in? Right. That belief that they've showed you who they are, what, what now? Mm-hmm. Right? So I wanted to be better to myself spirit, soul, and body. I wanted to be better to the people that are around me, mm-hmm. to be my family, my friends, my colleagues. I just wanted to be able to present the best version of myself. Right. And in order to do that, I had to go and subject myself to therapy and some deep inner work. Uh, and I'm not there yet. You know, this is lifetime work, right? You know, it, it'll be for the rest of my life that I will be working on being and becoming the best version of myself. That was beautiful. And I also relate and agree to basically every single thing that you said, um, pursuing uh, counseling and, and education and also tapping into my spiritual side. I've done a lot of shadow work and I've been able to heal a lot within myself and understand a lot about just my past life and also um, just my parents and what they did, the things that they did, and even learning about what I did, the things I did. So just going through the process and seeing that you're not perfect and learning about yourself and the journey of teaching others is crucial. So the fact that that's your passion and that's your light of what you do, you are totally in the right field because we need more people like you. Oh my goodness. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I just got a call from Black Girl Therapy. uh Uh, They want me to come on and talk about the intergenerational trauma. Uh, and I'm excited to do that because this is a where it is solely for African-American uh, women and girls because we are really trying to start this conversation sooner than later, right? Now, I, I remember I was in the sixth grade and I got caught smoking marijuana out in the field of my junior high school. So they drug, drug me in the office and paddled me because back then teachers 
it's just paddled about that you learn. Yeah. And I was there and I thought to myself, nobody asked me why right. I was Yes. Had they asked me why, I would have been able to talk about the trauma that I was living in at home. Right. Now, my parents were educated. They were money makers. Mm -hmm. We were known as the Holland family. You know, drip clothes. Didn't grow up in, you know, a real poor environment back then. In the 70s, we were upper middle class. But it was so much trauma. Right. In that. Yep. I don't know how I survived, but I did. Yes. And now you're here to tell your story. You know, we all have, what's that one word? Our testimony to yeah. live through so much chaos in our world that we are found by God, we are saved by God, and we live through what we live through so we can actually help others and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So the fact that you survived and you got through it and this is what you're doing now, you were chosen by God to live through your testimony. So that that's, yeah. that's absolutely so. phenomenal. Um, another one, because I know you are the, you need to have a TED Talk one day. I'm waiting for it. Have you had a TED Talk yet? I want to so bad. You need to. I can't wait. <laughs> you need to, because you, you have I'm this. Not wait. Yeah, you have this way of talking with people that they feel instantly comfortable with you. So my next question is, is um, can you explain a time that you've had a client that was very difficult to understand open up to you um because like you said we were living in the shadows especially people of color to not come out to not open up so when's the time that you found yourself able to open someone up and what was your strategy to do that you know the strategy you know anytime an individual comes to coaching counseling or consulting it's really because they've made a decision that I'm ready. Right. I'm afraid. I don't want to pour all this tea, but I got to get this out of me. Yes. So my, my method is to first have an ear to hear. You have to be able to listen. As a counselor, you cannot do all the talking because if you do all the talking, that's you and you're not getting what they need to give yes. so i start off by listening and you know the first question is what brings you here today mm -hmm. what brings you here today mm -hmm. what brings you here this evening and you, i start from there and we move through their journey we, we do one step at a time mm -hmm. and i often let clients know i know you got a bowl full of stuff mm -hmm. but can we start with one thing at a time and it's important to go back to the root of a thing the the the, the first thing that happened because that first thing that happens spirals all the other things yes. that happen so we have to get to the root and a lot of people like the soil because the soil is warm it's soft mm -hmm. it feels good it hides things that I don't want people to see. Think about it. But when we start with getting to the root or the core, right? The core uh, and, and maybe some pre and post testing to find out where you are. Some clients can't tell you where they are. They don't even know how to talk about it. 
So part of my work is giving people the language, very simple language. Uh, as a, a, a person who had been sexually molested, the first thing that your molester will do is right. silence you. Be quiet, don't say nothing. So I've got to endure all of this pain and I can't say nothing. Sometimes a client just needs to go back to that moment of being that four-year-old, that eight-year-old, and let that scream out. Yes. And we start with letting what was held hostage in your moment of pain, we let that out. Mm -hmm. And we start from the root. We start where they are able. You cannot be healed if you are silent. Right. Just come and sit and don't say nothing. No, 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 no. We got to start somewhere. Yes. So that that's one of my techniques yes. and it works very well. Yes. That's a very beautiful technique because um, from previous times I've had counselors that end up talking the whole time or I've had counselors that let the, the weak side of me come out and it ends up sitting at the surface level for days on end and I don't understand coping mechanisms. So it's beautiful that you're able to get them to open up and for them to muscle through and find once again, that light through their moving through the motions of their mind. So I eventually want to become a counselor. So I'm jotting all this down. I'm, I'm learning all this. And for anyone listening to this as well too, these are such amazing tips. Um, my last question Listen, you never want anybody to cut you open. Yes. And not suture you back close. Yes, exactly. That's you beautiful. Walk around, yeah, you can't walk around wounded mm -hmm. and somebody not come to the aid. Yes. It's just that our work is like hidden because it's people's minds and their souls and their hearts. Mm -hmm. You don't see that. But somebody can say, oh, I got hit in the head with a bat. You see the big knot on your head, yeah. but what about the knot in your heart? Yes. What about the knot in your brain? Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in cutting people open in a session and not being able to stitch them back up so that yes. they can leave them. Yes, I I agree. I agree. I think that's why a lot of people also run away from therapy because they, they feel their vulnerability open up and they feel like it's not going to be able to heal. So they end up running away from it or they feel like they aren't able to even learn how to open up because they've never been vulnerable because like you said, they've been silenced all their life. So it ends yeah. up making them completely just lose the process. Yeah. Um, so I just They're like numb. I call them numb. Yes. You are you're here, you're moving, but you're numb yeah. to your own mental infirmities. Yeah. You know, you are numb to the fact that yes, you grew up and you got out of the trauma, but you're still carrying the trauma. Yes. 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 So I want to end this on a beautiful lighter note. Um tell me <laughs> the most the, the the time of your career where you have just seen change happen from something you did that number one moment that you're just like wow this is what this is why I do what I do this is refreshing I'm I'm so proud to see myself making change in community what was the the number one moment that you've had I know you probably had many but what's the one that stood out to you the most 
the one that stands out to me the most because I've been doing this work under a whole lot of genres. Right. Uh, I began working with young girls first, right? Through a program called Girl Worth, uh, giving girls back the worth that they had lost through trauma. And at the end of that session, I got to work with the Texas Commission with girls who had actually been in prison for crime. Uh, my program said, what, what are y'all doing when they come out of prison? Mm -hmm. Are you just sending them back into their, those same communities that caused them to react and have the behavior that they had? Mm -hmm. And I felt like I went and visited the prison I did not like what I saw because in a, a, a juvenile prison, you got all male guards. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because yes. thinking, I know how men are. Okay? Yes. They, these young girls, they look like young tenderonies. Yeah. You know, I was like, whoa, this is a problem. Your We're intuition, you're like, no, no, no. No, no, no. So I, I did that program and I taught them life. Um, things that they would need to take back into their community. Mm -hmm. So the joy of that was at the end of that, we had a huge celebration where they dressed up because I wanted them to know we've been in those prison clothes, let's get dressed up, uh, come and we're going to have a huge celebration. We had a catered lunch. We had a beautiful cake. And at the end of it, each one of those girls got a pearl necklace. That's beautiful. Because are formed out of trauma, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that thing gets in that oyster and it's trauma, 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 trauma. But once that trauma is complete, you end up with a priceless pearl. So I felt it was important for them to leave with a pearl necklace. Right. To show that number one, I came through this program and I committed 10 weeks and I got some help. So the joy for me is I'm I'm out in the mall or I'm pulling up in Bill Miller's and one of the girls that I had mentored says, hey, I still have my pearls as a memorial that I have gone through a lot of trauma, but I made I didn't let boyfriend take these pearls and sell them. I didn't sell them. Mm -hmm. This is a memorial that I did something good for my own trauma right. and mental. That's awesome. That That's once in a lifetime opportunity as well. I mean, for you to go towards girls that are so numb and that were suppressed all their lives pretty much that they ended up there and they're going through the prison pipeline treatment and the fact that they see the light i mean that that's so hard for them to see and there's so many different programs yeah. as well to get them to a lighter place in life but a lot of them just don't even feel authentic and obviously you made them feel loved you made them feel feminine you made them feel just in touch with their higher version of themselves and that's incredibly rewarding for you especially to find someone ironically again who went through your program to be like i still have them that that's very yeah. that's touching that means that I'm you just saw you. yeah oh that's amazing <laughs> that's that's beautiful I, I wish you would hear more news about that i wish you would see more resources like that um instead you just hear about the girls getting locked up and that's it and um 
you don't you don't realize that there's more resources out there that can get them to their higher versions of themselves and for them to also get a beautiful feminine reward after um so yeah, I, I really yeah. wish we we pushed more onto media that we have resources like that yeah yes and i'm still doing that work but again it's now through kickstarter life productive yeah so still getting done the work is still available listen we still have communities in trouble we still have young men and young women yes. in trouble I'm so honored to be to give uh, what I do freely through uh, Matters of the Mind, which is a bi-monthly conversation that I host uh, on social media through Zoom, through Restream, uh, where we talk about uh, delusion, where we talk about uh, anxiety, where we talk about depression, where we talk about guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. Right, when we talk about unforgiveness and just those things that come away on our lives that you're, you're gonna have it, but you don't want that to be in your backpack forever. Right, right. Well, I enjoyed every minute with you. I'm going to turn this into a podcast. I'm so excited. Um, I'm gonna upload it on Instagram as well. I have a lot of girls and guys that um just really want to learn more about the mental health field and i feel like you touched on so many resources that are out there you touched on so many experiences that make people you know scared to talk about it but you were and you ended up talking about it and you can just relate to so many people in the, the audience as well so i'm really excited to publish this and to hopefully touch you know multiple souls that you know want to get into this field or just want to learn more about other resources that are out there um i'll definitely be posting it tagging you so people can also keep up with your seminars um so they can also tune into those as well too so thank you yeah. so much and i want to say we love our black men and yeah. i can only imagine the trauma that they walk in every day right have you yes. seen what the things we've seen, the knee to the neck, yeah. the constant shooting, the constant violence, mm -hmm. and, and now we're seeing black men go into a Walmart and shoot a place up because that individual was teased because of their, their what I call their reality. Right. Whether it's sexual reality, whether it's their financial reality, People are, are tormented about that, but I have a special place in my heart for our African-American men or if they, if they go to therapy or if they seek out a life coach or counselor. I cannot imagine being a black man in America trying to be homeless yes. and not have anywhere to go. So I'm so glad to see that there are lots of uh chopping it up uh with uh professionals are now uh where, where black men are embracing let me find out what is going on right you know you have to feel something with black men who haven't even turned 30 or 40 just shot down for no reason right. that that is traumatizing to our community it is, the it is. Oh, yeah. You know, it's constant trauma, constant, constant, constant. Yes. So not only do we have to talk about our trauma, we also have to talk about the grief, mm -hmm. how that we 
we behind that. We don't know. We could be talking now, but we could get off of here and get right on the news. And here we go again. Right. It it's heart wrenching. It is. And when things like that happen, I'll get texts or calls from people telling me to be safe, be careful, and that's very. Um, it's uncomfortable to receive those messages because I'm receiving it from a place of, oh, you're black. Be extra careful now because of what's happening. It, that's yeah. not heartwarming to to, to get yeah. a message like that. It, it's embarrassing to feel like, yeah. I, oh, this is who I am. And you think that I need to be careful because of my race. It, it's very relevant, but, but it's so true. It is. And it, it hurts. You know, no other race of people has to talk to their kids about, okay, when you leave the house, da 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 yes. You know, so many cues and so, so much information we have to give our, our sons of yes. color so that they make it through the day. Yep. It, it's... So. I would love to get the chance of working in more of a diverse community as well um, with kids, especially just so they can find their power, they can find their voice, they can find their beauty at a very young age. Um, because growing up, especially in San Antonio, um, there's not a lot of identity of black people here. And as a young girl growing up here, I always, you know, just felt like I never really knew who I was. Um, just because I was never around my identity. So being able to touch souls, especially young boys, young girls, it's crucial. So definitely yeah. keep me in the loop if you ever have, um, like you need an extra person to help you work one day, I will be there. Yes. Because I definitely- I, I will, yeah. don't tell me that, don't tell me that. Yeah, I will. I, I'm like, I got time. I'm, I really do. <laughs> I, I love seeing change. I love making change. I love, being the help in the change as well. So if you ever need a plus one or help, or you know, you're productive one day and you need someone to be productive with you, I will be there. <laughs> Just let me know. Just let me know. I, I love when you said that because it made me think about Gandhi who said, you speak the change right. that you speak. Yes. You I, speak that change. I definitely do. We can't anybody we cannot i wish we could right but we can't yes so what we can do is be the change that we want to see i agree i'm taking a class this uh semester spring semester um so it's domestic violence in young kids and how to handle that which i'm so excited about um i'm also taking a black uh research class so actually learning how to research black communities, black history properly and learning how to write about it. Um, and then I'm also taking, oh yeah, domestic abuse and then helping skills. So learning how to use yeah. uh, skills to help community and kids as well. Um, and I'm, I'm so I'm so excited for those classes. So yeah. I'll love to keep you in touch with my journey through my education and yeah. also keep Let's in touch with it. you, with your journey. And um, just you almost being like a mentor towards me and just yes, I love seminars. it. Yes, yes, I, I'm so excited to see, you know, where you go with everything and where I will go. We'll have to. We're like sisters. I'm like, we need we need to stay in touch and everything. We have each other on social media. So, yeah, I, I I'm so excited to have talked with you today and um, learn more about your journey as well too. Definitely very yeah. we both have very similar journeys. 
Yeah, I'm a native San Antonian too, so I do know what you mean when yeah. you talk about, uh, you know, fitting in and trying to fit in and Ooh, yeah. yeah, all of that. Yes. Yeah. It, it was hard growing up here. I do eventually want to move out of here um, to have a little bit more diversity. It is getting better in San Antonio, but I, I do want to go maybe to Washington or Chicago. Virginia. Oh, that's my area. That Maryland, Washington, oh, yeah. D.C. area. Yes. Woo! It's- I love it there because although uh, people of color are making a lot of money yes. in the I know that many of them are walking around with unhealed trauma. Yes, oh, 100%. And the money is yeah. like a feng shui to kind of hide. The money covers it, yes. right? The money yes. hides. Now they fit into like a, the higher class standard. So they're right. able to right. have luxury to fit in and not, you know, be as much of a target towards people. So I, I agree. Yeah. And that's just a band-aid over a cancer that's still there, right? Yes. At some point in time, you have to stop the bus mm-hmm. and go and and check on you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. But I will let you go through your day. I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in with me today. Many.